Good morning. Uh, Andy has been leading us uh, excellent thoughts concerning better this year, uh, recognizing that Jesus uh, came to give us life so that we can have it more abundantly. Uh, and I thought I'd change it up and talk about uh, worser uh, instead. Uh, and don't worry about coming up to me afterwards and telling me, uh, Evan, it's better when Andy preaches and it's worser when you preach. Uh, don't, and you don't have to say, like, Evan, you're the best person to preach on worser. Uh, people have already beaten you to it. You uh, will miss the mark. I would like you to come back tonight because uh, Sam Brown is going to be preaching to us, uh, and he will be much worser. Uh, so make sure you... You come and join us for that. Uh, we do have a lot of stuff going on here at Jefferson Avenue. I encourage you to take a look uh, at your bulletin. I'm excited about Love Where You Live weekend. I think that's going to be a blessed weekend to our community, a great opportunity for us to be the servants of God he has called us to be. Uh, we do have a new series beginning this Wednesday night. Uh, we'll be meeting here in the auditorium for that. Uh, we're also going to have an awesome series in the fellowship hall that's going to be addressing the amazing topic of salvation. And so uh, you have the, the choice between uh, Wednesday nights for all the adult classes, sexual identity in here in the auditorium, or salvation in the fellowship hall. We're also beginning a new study on uh, next Sunday mornings uh, on First Kings in our adult classes. So I want to encourage you to choose one of those those opportunities to be a part of. I know that you'll be blessed by that. Uh, But better has been our theme this year. Uh, We just talked about being a better servant, uh, like last week, maybe a better spouse, uh, maybe in a better relationship with God, maybe an opportunity for our faith to grow uh, and reach a place of greater trust, of love and comfort uh, in what God has uh, promised us for those who seek after him. Uh, maybe it's even beginning a relationship with God or rekindling. Uh, you know it's not only going to be better for those things, but it's the best. It's the greatest thing this world has to offer is a relationship uh, with Jesus. And so uh, sometimes, though, we seek out for that something better, something greater than what this world has to offer, and we end up settling uh, or maybe locked in contentment uh, for what we have uh, and sometimes worser uh, becomes our choice and for for time's sake I'm going to skip this uh, first uh, uh, example on this uh, but I want you to think of all the people in the Bible you can go into the next side if you will Colin and the Bible is full of of people who had the opportunity to be a part of something amazing but dropped out instead of clinging on the rich young ruler he had a chance to follow Jesus but was content to walk away uh, with what he had At the same time, we're inspired by so many people who struggle through difficulties and the unknowns, giving God glory, pointing others to him. God has in mind for each of us the purpose of knowing, of loving, of glorifying him, of obeying him, of sharing and discipling, of leading and encouraging. Abraham, Moses, Joshua, all men of the Old Testament, all in situations that God had called them to, situations that they were unsure of, situations that were intense that were scary, that were high stakes, but also situations that led to the glory of God, that provided salvation maybe for his people, uh, that provided encouragement for families. And God has called them, like he has called each of us, to lead our families to a relationship with him, to care for those who are in need, to face oppositions in our faith, to leave everything behind, if necessary, to pursue and follow him. There are moments in life that we face that we can step out in faith and serve God. And I don't know what that has been for you lately. I don't know if that's been somebody who needs to hear the gospel. I don't know if that has been an opportunity to really think about how can I 
be a better example for my family? How can I love my kids in a way that they can understand the forgiveness and patience of God? How can I help my coworkers see how good God has been even in the midst of something terrible that has happened? Somebody is probably needing us to choose better uh, in our responses. But sometimes we choose uh, worse. Or, and we're going to look at an example uh, this morning. If you want to turn your Bibles uh, to Acts chapter uh, 13, we were there earlier. It's uh, page 921 if you want to look at your pew Bibles. Uh, what we're going to look at is kind of a connection with this. Sometimes we go after God and we want something uh, greater, but sometimes we settle to go back for the comforts of home. Uh, we'd rather just uh, maybe choose the comfort of Netflix uh, or maybe attending other the things of this world. I think Jesus' parable in Matthew 13 will look a little bit different through the lens of Worser. Uh, I rewrote it to say this, And the kingdom of Worser is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and started to sell all that he had, but got nervous, scared, and convinced himself it wasn't worth it, and didn't go buy it. The end. Uh, that's how that might look like, and we're going to look uh, at John Mark uh, this morning. Uh, John Mark was a believer in the early church. He's mentioned directly in the book of Acts, and his family uh, was very you know, prominent. They're an important part of the uh, group of the people in the early church. In fact, when Peter was miraculously released from prison, he knew to go to the house of John Mark uh, because that's where he knew the believers were going to be. And so that's an amazing thing. And so John Mark eventually was invited to go on a missionary journey uh, with Paul and Bartimus. And, and we look at the example, and what I, I appreciate Porter reading that earlier. I know that was a link the uh, reading, but what I was wanting you to see was this was his experience in the missionary field that led uh, to verse 13 uh, where it talks about John Mark uh, having departed from them. He returned to uh, Jerusalem uh, to work to his home. We don't know exactly what motivated him to do this. We don't see his inner workings played out. I would like to say that when we read John Mark's example of how he went on this missionary journey and he decided to go home, that maybe it was this rough experience and that he saw in Cyprus. Maybe it was, oh man, people are going to oppose us. Uh, they're going to publicly try to prevent people who are wanting to believe and to not believing in what we have to share. Maybe it was just the, the fact that he was home away for the first time. He's a young, uh, young man at this point, and, and he's just unsure of what's going on. But uh, we know uh, that it wasn't a pleasing experience. In fact, uh, I'm not sure uh, if you look later on, John Mark is, is, you know, he leaves, he goes home, and then later when they start to think about doing another missionary journey, they, you know, Barnabas wants to bring him along, and Paul is just like, no. He is not allowed to come back and join us. Uh, he was a quitter uh, then. We don't need him to be a quitter now. Uh, and they get in such a you know, sharp division on how they want to handle this that they split up. Uh, John Mark's falling away in this first missionary journey becomes a falling out uh, of Paul and Barnabas, uh, which still leads to the great news of God being spread, uh, but still it's a marked distinction. And so uh, John Mark, has he's gone to this missionary journey, he's seen the opposition that is there, and he's found that this missionary journey is not for him. Uh, but he's to be praised, you know, he thought it was something worthy, it was a noble thing for him to leave his family to go and to spread the gospel, uh, but when he sees the hardships, he struggles with that, and he goes home. 
And I don't know if that's something that uh, you have experienced in life, uh, that you have decided, you know what, I'm going to, to minister to people in some way. Maybe it's to your own family. Uh, maybe it's you're going to minister to your spouse. Maybe it's you're going to minister to your friends. You're going to minister to those at work. You're going to minister to the, maybe it's the children that you teach at school or the people on your route. I'm not sure who you're supposed to be ministering to, but I know if you're following after God, you're to be ministering to someone. And I know sometimes that going into that ministry field, is scary. It's daunting, especially if it's your very first time and you're, you're trying to do that. I know that takes some encouragement to do. And I know sometimes it's easier to think, man, it'd just be easier to leave things like they are. Uh, they're okay like they are as far as just our relationship. If I put this out there, it may cause a wedge between me and them. Uh, I don't want to stir up anything at, at work. I don't really uh, want to stir up anything in my family. Like, it, you know, they're not going to know any better if I don't. Hopefully the church will be enough to satisfy what my family needs as far as spiritual encouragement. Maybe I should just keep things as they are. That is indeed how you choose a worser. Uh, that is indeed how we settle for something less than what God has called us to be. That is not better. Jesus warns us what the cost of, of discipleship is going to, to cost us. In fact, he warns his own followers. He says, uh, the foxes have holes, but the Son of Man doesn't have a place to lay his head. He tells them that they need to count the cost, like somebody who's going to erect a building, that they need to figure out what it's going to cost before they start building it. He's saying, when you follow me, you need to be aware it may cost you something. It may cost you everything. But like that parable of the, prayer, of the pearl, you've got to know that it is worth the cost, that it is so much better. In fact, it's the best. When we look at John Mark, we see maybe the potential struggle like we have uh, to do the ministry that we've been called to do, and he didn't think it was maybe worth the risk or the discomfort Uh, He struggled to persevere and endure the hostiles of this world when they opposed him. Uh, Galatians 6, 9, it kind of speaks to this. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If you want to turn in your Bibles, turn to 2 Thessalonians. We're going to look in in, uh, chapter 1 here in just a minute. I want to encourage you, if you're in your pew Bibles, it's page 989. Go ahead and turn there. But if you want to choose the worser path, let me go ahead and give you the tip. Don't endure. If you want to be worser, uh, if you want to leave worser today, follow my advice and do not endure. Give up, go home, and seek uh, the comfort uh, that home provides. Because that's the challenge uh, that we're faced with. We can endure the hardships uh, that come with following after God, that come with maybe with ministering, or we can endure. We can persevere. Uh, two qualities that we are called to do and to have multiple times throughout scriptures. But I love how Second Thessalonians uh, 1, uh, chapter 1 puts it, and we'll start in verse 3. It says, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, And rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love of all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith and all the persecutions and trials that you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. I thought it was so interesting that you see a connection here that faith is growing, Love is increasing, 
And man, that's a great news uh, for the church in Thessalonica to be experiencing. And how is this happening? And we might think, well, that's happening because things are easy and it's, it's blossoming and things are great. Uh, but that's not the case. In verse 4, Paul tells them that we're going to brag to all the other churches about your perseverance in faith and that you're enduring all these different trials and all these different hardships. Notice that connection there. Love is increasing and growth is happening because perseverance and enduring hardships is taking place in the church by those individuals. They are enduring and persevering uh, through these trials, and because of that, they're able to love each other more deeply. The church is known for that love, and because of that, it is growing. So it's not because they seek the comfort and they always choose the easiest way. In fact, they're, they're choosing the hard and narrow. And because of that, they are experiencing not only the love and the grace of God, but other people are getting to experience the love and grace of God. Scripture exhorts us that we are on the path that God has called us to, and sometimes it is not easy, and we are to persevere, not give up. I think about Nehemiah, never gave up on the, the construction of Jerusalem walls despite harsh opposition. I think about Caleb, uh, even when he was 85 years old, never gave up on the promises of God for the promised land to be his and to take up a land that was infested with giants to conquer it, to overthrow it, for it to be the land that God had called it to be, which was the nation of Israel's. There's so many different people in the Bible that we can be encouraged by who persevered and endured, who faced hardships for the glory of God and were rewarded for it. They, you know, they, they made it through it. And it should be encouragement to us, but we can also see examples like John Mark of people who could have been a part of this great missionary journey and they were there initially, but just something they weren't willing to endure. John Mark drew a line in the sand. Now, he didn't give up on his relationship with Jesus. But he did say, I'm only willing to suffer this much for the cause of Jesus. And he went back home. But I want you to know that's not the end of John Mark's uh, story. And, and really the greatest example that we can have out of looking at all these people in the Old Testament, to me, we can always look at the example uh, in the New Testament of Jesus. Uh, if you want to turn to your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, one of my favorite chapters. It's page 1008 uh, if you're looking in the Pew Bible. Hebrews chapter 12, and, uh, and I'm going to start reading in verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are in surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, that, that hinders and that sin so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus' journey, like ours, encountered hardship and pain, encountered sacrifice and loss, and that was just his life. His death would require even greater, a greater endurance of pain, of humiliation, of scorn, of opposition. He endured all of that for us. For us to have joy, for us to have abundant life, for us to have salvation, for you to live a life of pointing others to him. Jesus endured it all as a perfect example. And the question that we are challenged with today, the question I'm challenged with every day, the question I know I fail at answering uh, truthfully every day in a way that I know would please God is, 
uh, what will you endure for him? Now let's go back to John Mark's story. And many of you might connect with John Mark on occasion. Maybe you've reached out and you've started to follow after God, but you've settled for the comforts of, of the things of this world. Or maybe you've just settled to go back the way things were. Maybe that's where you are right now, but that doesn't have to be the end of your story. It definitely wasn't for John Mark. Uh, as we look ahead, you know, Paul and Barnabas, I said this earlier, they had a sharp disagreement, and so they go in two different directions. But I want you to see how Paul changes his mind on Mark. Years later, uh, he calls him his fellow worker. Uh, and near the end of Paul's life, Paul sends a request to Timothy uh, from a Roman prison. And he says, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is helpful to me in my ministry. Obviously, John Mark had matured through the years and he had become a faithful servant to the Lord. It's somebody that Paul was like, I need him. Can you send him to me? Think about that change that Paul went from, I don't want to have him a part of this journey, to send him to the prison where I'm at because he's going to be helpful for me. He's going to be encouraging for me. So the man that he was afraid that was going to abandon him was now willing to go into a prison to encourage him. That was John Mark's journey. And I think it's so impressive when I think about John Mark, when I think about his example of maybe he failed once at enduring, but he didn't give up on that relationship with Jesus. He continued to grow in his faith. And at one point now, you have in your hands, if you have a Bible, a gospel that many argue bears his name. Uh, the Gospel of Mark. Uh, many attribute uh, John Mark to the person who wrote this, and I think that's such a bears an evidence of one to the the grace and the patience of God for us to grow, uh, for us to to maybe grow in our faith so that we can endure, so that we can persevere. And he had learned to choose better. He had learned to stick with it, and, and I think. A lot of that had to do maybe with he had time to be around somebody like Barnabas who was going to encourage him. And he became an encourager of somebody else's faith, which is why Paul probably needed him while he was in prison. So I want to tell you this, your faith, even though it may struggle, even though you may fall off the path, maybe uh, even you uh, sometimes leave and, and don't fulfill the, the calling that God has called you to, your failure does not have to be final. Your failure to endure is not something that you have to stick with to the end of time. It's just another opportunity to learn just how grace-filled Jesus' love for you is. It's just an opportunity for others to see the depth of his love that he has for his servants, how patient that he is. And maybe there's an opportunity for you to, to continue to share that gospel with that person that you initially started off on. He wants you to pursue it. He wants you to pursue better. He wants you to pray for strength and encouragement. He wants you to rely on his son to give you the strength that you need to fulfill his will uh, for you each and every day. Uh, So maybe today your faith is on point and your connection to Christ is strong and you're enduring. You are shining as a bright light and God is glorified because of it. And I thank you for doing that. But here's one more thing that you can do. Be a Barnabas for somebody else. Be it a Barnabas for somebody who's like John Mark that started off on their path of trying to glorify uh, God and share him with other people but fell off the way. Be a Barnabas that takes them alongside, that encourages them, that lifts them up to the point again where they're not only useful for God but they're useful uh, for other people 
They're useful to, to glorify God and, and how they encourage other people in their relationships. Be a Barnabas for that person because somebody needs it. And I know sometimes I need it, but it seems like uh, John Mark needed was somebody to come along and help him and encourage him to choose better. So if you're doing better right now, encourage somebody else uh, to do the same. Braden, I don't know where you, where you sat. You chose better this morning. We're proud for you for doing that. Uh, great job on doing that. Worse for the rest of us is sitting there right now not choosing Jesus as our Savior. Worse are right now sitting right there and knowing that you need forgiveness, knowing that you need encouragement, and not coming to your brothers and sisters in Christ and asking for prayers. Worser is sitting right there and knowing that God has something better for you and not taking him up on it. I want to extend the invitation to anybody here that's been choosing worser a lot lately that we want to pray for you as a congregation. We want to help you as a, con- as a congregation. We want to be a Barnabas uh, to your situation and encourage you, and we know that God is going to bless you with better. If you have a need, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.